Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hey there. Welcome to another episode of the High School Hamster Wheel Podcast. If I asked you to walk into your kitchen pantry right now and tell me what was on your shelves, what would be the first three items you would list? I'm a bit embarrassed to admit that we have way too many carbs on our pantry shelves and more processed foods than we should. Most of the time, I can walk on by and avoid eating those unhealthy foods, but my teenagers, they are another story. Chips, cookies, and the can't-live-without-it mac and cheese are probably our biggest culprits. I try to limit those snacks within our home, but if I'm being honest, I could definitely do better. But even if I do clean up our pantry, how do I encourage my teens to eat better outside the home? And when they head off to college or career or wherever it is they go, then what? My guest today is here to help. I'm thrilled to welcome Renata Cambria to the podcast. Renata is a board-certified health coach and the founder of Create Health Coaching. During our conversation, Renata shares the benefits of healthy eating starting at a very young age. She also explains the importance of the gut-brain connection and why some hormonal imbalances may be nutrition-related. Be sure to stick around till the end when Renata offers actionable tips and strategies for parents to guide their children to become healthy eaters. Now let's get started. Renata, thanks so much for being here on the High School Hamster Wheel podcast. Hi, Betsy. I am thrilled to be here today. This is a topic today that we were just joking about before we started recording, but it's not a funny topic, but we all, every parent I know struggles with how to get our teenagers to eat healthy. Nutrition, healthy eating, all the things that go with that is a huge challenge, and I am really excited to get some tips and uh, suggestions from you. But before we do that, if you'll just take a minute and introduce yourself to my audience, that would be great. Sure. My name is Renata Cambria. I'm a registered nurse. I've been working as a nurse for the last, well, over 30 years at this point. And working in traditional healthcare, I realized that it's not really set up to deal with chronic problems. It's excellent at dealing with acute problems. And so Through the course of my own practice and then later on through the course of uh, health conditions that I developed and trying to seek help, I realized that you could really do a lot using diet and exercise and lifestyle modification to really address and reverse some of the chronic conditions that most of the people now, unfortunately, develop uh, by certain age. Our population, because it mostly consumes what is called sad diet, standard American diet, develops a host of chronic diseases that were unheard of years ago. And I've always had an interest in alternative medicine and nutrition. And then, uh, as I mentioned to you, I had my own health challenges. 
and I was able to overcome them using nutrition. And then I became a health coach. So now I help people develop a nutritional plan, meal plan, uh, help them modify their lifestyle so they could actually address causes of their health conditions, not just mask the symptoms, which is what modern medicine tends to do with a lot of pharmaceuticals. And when we address uh, causes at the root uh, level, then we're able to achieve long-term results that do not require taking, you know, buckets of pills as many people do. So that's my story in a nutshell. And I love that story. I'm a huge fan of functional medicine and advanced healing through nutrition and exercise and lifestyle. And myself, I've struggled with some things on and off and I'm always hesitant to take pills or medications for things, especially when I, I'm just not really sure what's going on. To your point, I love that you focus on root cause. And, you know, I was talking to my kids about this not too long ago because I'm always trying to get them to eat healthier, more vegetables, less carbs, less infl inflammatory foods, and more anti-inflammatory foods, right? right. But when you're, when you're a teenager, you're invincible, right? Exactly. I'm fine. Nothing's going to bother me. I, and I'm young. I can take it. But let's talk a little bit, bit about that because like we all know eating healthy is is what is the goal, right? right. What we want to achieve. But what are the benefits of starting that early, like in your teen or early 20s? And you know, what are the benefits both kind of short term and long term when you start early? Well, I know that your audience are parents of teenagers or young adults, but ideally you want to start in infancy. You want to start that early. Because the taste develops, even from infants, everybody likes to give candy to little kids. But the truth is, if you never give them candy, they will never have sugar cravings. If you teach young children to eat bitter foods, they'll be so much better off and come into their teens and young adults already without sugar craving, without extra weight. But not all lost. If that didn't happen, of course, you could start at school age or teenagers in fact, the study just came out, it was literally published a couple of days ago, that changing a diet at any age prolongs your lifespan, sometimes decades. And they actually did the research that if you start in your 20s, you prolong your life over a decade. And with each subsequent you know, age group, 30s, 40s, it's a little bit less. But even if you do it in your 80s, you could still increase your lifespan by three, four years. So it's never too late. I think the diet they mostly looked at was uh, Mediterranean type. Uh, and, and this is by all means is universally recognized as one of the healthiest diets worldwide. But going back to eating habits in teenagers, you want to prepare them to adulthood. So you want to provide those choices and sort of gear them towards those choices when they become on their own and they could start choosing for themselves. Because once they go to college, they will be eating in school cafeteria. Or if they live on campus, they're going to be doing their own shopping. So you truly need to start while they're still in school, while they're still living with you. And that will set up habits that will hopefully last a lifetime. And when they become parents, and then they can start with their own babies when they're still babies, you know, so this way, little by little, we kind of extend into a healthier planet uh, where subsequent generations are not just sicker and sicker the way we are, we are sicker than our grandparents. 
hopefully our future generation is going to be healthier and healthier. And you could see that everywhere. You could see the amount of organic food. You could see the amount of grass-fed meats. You could see amount of low-carb foods just literally all over supermarkets. That hasn't been the case 30 years ago, 20 years ago. So I think society as a whole is seeking healthier food choices. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely notice it in the supermarkets. So I hear what you're saying. And as they get old, you know, we're developing habits for later, but I'll just even say with my teens, like they have, they drive, they go to work or wherever, and they have a lot of control over what they eat because they're eating on the go. And that's part of the problem, right? Like they're not sitting down and having a meal. They're grabbing something fast on the way, fast food or whatever. Um, how do you break that cycle? I mean, how do you say, okay, well, if you're going to have to stop and get something, try and make it healthy. Like it's, you can't be over their shoulder all the time, right? No, you cannot. But you have totally control over what's in your house. So maybe you cannot control what they're buying, but you need to throw out junk inside the house. And you could make a few ground rules while they're still sort of listening. Uh, for example, no snacks in your room, that all the meals have been consumed in the kitchen. You could encourage or strongly recommend not using cell phone while they're eating because uh, when that happens, you really don't develop digestive juices and you don't digest food properly. And then that creates a whole bunch of problems with digestion and subsequently other health problems. So. But you also have to start with yourself. If you have a meal as a family, your TV needs to be off or four family members cannot each one be on their own cell phone. So I suggest trying to have at least several dinners together as a family, make it a tradition. If I, I understand that people often have different schedules, but maybe on the weekend or maybe a brunch on the weekend if dinner is not possible or perhaps you know one dinner a week uh, when everybody's available. And that's a start of learning to sit down, put everything away, linger over meal, enjoy the taste, really, truly feel delicious taste and have a proper digestion without, you know, there is a reason why generations uh, say grace before they eat or any kind of version of it or you know, it, does, it, it doesn't need to have, have a religious connotation. Just taking that deep breath before you eat allows your body to move from sympathetic mode to parasympathetic mode, basically into relax and digest mode where body is ready to accept nutrients and digest them. It, they do say it's not what you eat, it's what you digest. So digestion is a really, really big part of it. And encouraging that calm, relaxing, enjoyable environment is something that can be done at home. That's just the first thing. And throwing out junk from your own cupboard, you know, not having those chips, not having those snacks. If you have a meal at home that has sufficient amount of protein, sufficient amount of healthy fat, and sufficient amount of fiber, you're not going to have a need for snacks in between. You will be full for a good four or five hours. And I think that's the also important part that's structuring meals in such a way where there is no need to grab something else an hour or two hours later. Because when you keep eating an hour or two hours later, your blood sugar never goes down. You always have elevated blood sugar. And again, uh, maybe with teens, you don't notice much, but it does have big impact on their behavior. 
if your teen is agitated, if your teen is hyperactive, if they're angry, if they have outbursts, a lot of it may be this uh, sugar that goes up and down, up and down, up and down. And, you know, there is an expression when somebody's hangry because they eat something carby and their sugar goes up and then an hour later it drops and now they're starting to feel really agitated and angry and just flash out you for no reason. And then they grab soda and then they feel better and yeah. then the cycle That's continues. A, then those Girl Scouts knock on the door or, you know, there's a a sale at the grocery store on chips or it's Super Bowl weekend. There's always an excuse. I know I'm making excuses. But the other thing is my teenagers are typically up later than parents are, <laughs> at least in my house they are anyway. And um, <laughs> so, yes. you know, I in my house, absolutely. they start snacking <laughs> at 10 o'clock. Um, but again, you know, they shouldn't be eating around the clock. Correct. But if there is no chips, if there's no chips, they're not going to snack on chips. If you have nuts and if you have apples and if you have um, some other healthier snack choices, and I always try to have that. I have little bags of seaweed. I know it's not for everyone, but my daughter, for example, loves that. My son, he is a pure carnivore, so I always try to keep, you know, clean quality organic turkey or cold cuts or nitrate-free prosciutto. He's a big fan of cheeses, so good quality cheeses and variety of fruit. And I also encourage them to eat, let's say, fruit and protein or fruit and fat together so their sugar doesn't spike. So if they have an apple, they could have it with almond or peanut butter or a handful of almonds. And that's fine. That's a perfectly healthy snack and they can have that, you know. I simply don't have chips in the house. Yeah. It doesn't happen. Right, right. If they're not there, they can't eat them. Nope. And if and if they're not there, I can't eat them either. <laughs> right. But I do have big Costco size, you know, bags of nuts. So go ahead. So I keep reading a lot about the obesity problem in America in particular, right? And in in kids in America. So we know the consequences of an unhealthy lifestyle. We know that it's weight gain, obesity. But what else? Like what else is happening in our bodies and particularly in our younger in our teens' bodies as they start to get older and, and not really clean up their diet? Well, obesity in itself just leads to a lot of mental issues. At this age, they're just so prone to peer pressure. While right now there is a movement towards body acceptance, there is still plenty of peer pressure in high school to look a certain way and to fit a certain group. So obesity le leads to self-image issues, confidence issues that, that actually could lead to uh, trauma. You know, it, it could lead to uh, fear of public speaking. It could lead to fear of confidence when choosing a career. It really could have long-term consequences beyond just pure obesity that you don't fit into a particular outfit. So there is mental consequence of that. But there is way more than that. There is a very strong gut-brain connection. There is a very long nerve that goes from our gut to our brain called vagus nerve. And when digestion is unhealthy, when there is problems with obtaining adequate amount of nutrients, because when you eat junk food, what happens is you are overweight, but you're undernourished. 
because that food doesn't have any nutritional value. You have tons of empty calories, but you're not getting the vitamins. You're not getting the minerals that growing body needs. And ADD, hyperactivity, lack of concentration, depression, anxiety, they're all symptoms of that unhealthy eating because that's where that brain connection comes in. If you remove a soda from your teenager, you would be surprised to see who's this kid. If your kid is always anxious or your kid is always angry, try that. Remove soda. And you may not even recognize your child. So there is definitely mental connection and there's definitely mental symptoms that stem from that. The other very obvious thing is physical discomfort, bloating, gas, constipation. And your kids may not tell you, teens especially, they're not going to tell you they're constipated, but they're going to be miserable and they're going to be filled with toxins. And that just may lead to a lot of other problems. In extreme, it may lead to things like diverticulosis. And uh, that's a silent thing that could blow up in a, in a very you know, serious way. And then there is things like acne. Nobody thinks about acne as related to nutrition, but there is a huge connection. There's specifically a huge connection to dairy and sugar consumption. And you know how common it is among teenagers. And you know how, again, it could have potentially long-term consequences with your appearance. Other skin manifestation as well, eczema, psoriasis, those are all related to uh, diet, particularly dairy and sugar. And finally, hormonal imbalances right now, they're very, very common. A lot of girls have irregular periods or don't have periods at all. There is a very common condition called PCOS. And that is actually related to insulin resistance. I, I don't know if uh, people recognize that and your doctor will treat it with birth control. They would put young girls on the birth control, the ones who are not even engaged in sexual activity, supposedly to regulate hormones, but it doesn't regulate hormones. It masks the problem. And it then again creates long-term havoc with these hormones that later on when a young lady decides that she's now wants to have children, she may have trouble conceiving because she was on the birth control for a long time. But all you have to do is address insulin resistance, address that sugar imbalance, and you would be shocked how PCOS will start going away. If a parent had a, a teen that was struggling with or thought they were struggling with that, would they see a doctor? Would they see a nutritionist? Like how, what would be their first step? Well, I could say call me. <laughs> okay. And we'll put your contact information in the show notes. Yes. Um, I don't know about a doctor. As I mentioned before, the doctor most likely will put that young girl on the artificial hormones. And, and that would be a disaster. So if you want to do it this way, you could, well, you could try it yourself, just remove sugar and address insulin resistance. But if you have no idea where to start, you could see a nutritionist, you could see a health coach, you could see a naturopath, or you could see a functional medicine doctor. There is right now a lot of choices for holistic practitioners. And we'll be right back after a quick break. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Let's let's talk about next steps after high school, right? So I'm in this boat. I have a senior. Um, you have a senior, and um, we're they're going to be going off into the world. And and for anybody with a, a teenager, whether they're going to college or going into their first apartment or a trade school, whatever they're doing, moving outside of the house, we want to equip them to be ready to eat healthy and to not, you know, grab the first unhealthy thing or get fast food. So I keep saying I'm going to like build a kitchen box for my, for my son. So like he knows, you know, he has all the tools he needs to make healthier foods because if we're up to him, honestly, he'd make a back, a box of mac and cheese in a heartbeat. So, so how do we get our teens who are ready to fly the goop? How do we um, get them ready? Well, there are a couple of choices. Once, uh, if your teen is going to live on campus, then they're going to be stuck with the cafeteria food, which 99% of the time is horrible. So I would start preparing in the last year uh, just by showing better choices out of bad choices. For example, if there is a party at home and you, let's say the other day we had Super Bowl party, right? So traditionally it tends to be a lot of unhealthy food, but we made organic wings. We made homemade ranch. We made sure there is a lot of fresh vegetable salads. Um, we did some finger foods, but none of them were fried. None of them were deep fried. None of them had breadcrumbs. So you could show how to prepare for parties, again, in your own home using healthy ingredients. And you could still have beloved foods, but with the better choices. Also, when you go somewhere that is outside your control, outside of the house parties, you could sort of gently lead your teenager toward healthier choices. So basically, you're showing harm reduction. Out of bad choices, what's the best choice here? You know, is there a salad? Almost everywhere there is a salad. You could eat a salad, but do not use the dressing that it comes with. Put it on the side and just maybe get olive oil and vinegar or oil and vinegar as your dressing. If you are in, uh, you know, cafeteria, in a school cafeteria, show them that maybe they could look for some cooked veggies and not necessarily just stock up on mac and cheese all the time. If they are going to be living off campus, and I did that with my older son when he moved off campus, I wrote him a little list of just tips. Uh, You could buy this in this supermarket and this in this supermarket, and these are foods that are imperative to eat organic, and these are foods that you could buy whatever. And he loved it. He hung it on the wall of his apartment where he lived with a bunch of roommates, he already graduated and moved out and they still have the list. They love it. Everybody who came for the parties oh. into that house, that became just a big sensation. Oh, I'd love to get that list. <laughs> <laughs> he basically told me I should market it. But you should. It, it, it was very easy, you know, list. 
And I also came out a couple of times in the area where he was living and I took him shopping. And again, I showed this is where Trader Joe's is. This is where Aldi is. This is where whatever other supermarket is. And in this supermarket, this is, look, this is, uh, I, I literally brought him in. This is the, you know, grass-fed beef here in this area. And here's, this is where the organic tomatoes are. And this is where, you know, you want snacks. Trader Joe's has really good organic snack, uh, not well, snacks and frozen foods too. I mean, if I know he's not going to eat, I would rather he has healthy frozen entries than something out of, uh, you know, bugs that just really garbage. So again, trying to minimize bad choices and show best choices out of bad choices, sort of. Yeah, that's all really good advice. My son, I think, if all goes as planned, we'll have a kitchen in his dorm, which is amazing. But he it's gonna be hard for him to shop. That's that's the only problem. So he so you might want to, you know, and what do the kids what do they cook? Ramen? Yeah. <laughs> so mac and cheese, pizza. Right, right. You know? right. Yeah. So if, in that scenario, you might want to establish somebody might have a car and maybe there is like I said, Trader Joe's in the area, and you could show him a couple of frozen entries from there, which would be easy to reheat. What other advice do you have for parents that, you know, maybe just some tips or I I remember having this conversation with somebody a long time ago when I had toddlers and I'm like, I can't get my toddlers to eat vegetables. And people would be like, you know, stir like squash into mac and cheese or, or, you know, hide these things in these foods, you know, to get them to eat them. And little did I know it was so much easier than any kind of like special tips or or tricks to get our kids to eat better? Well, yes. Uh, Hiding vegetables is great. And it's fantastic for toddlers. And I've done that. I made pancakes with squash and turkey. (laughs) Yeah, when my son was little, he wouldn't eat anything unless it was in the form of pancakes. So you know, I had to become very creative. But <laughs> so when- everything became a pancake. Like <laughs> Basically. Pancakes. Yes. <laughs> kind of uh, fun. But uh, right now, you know, when you have teenagers, yes, certain things you could hide. Obviously, you could put a lot of vegetables into your meatloaf. You could put good amount of fresh tomatoes and maybe some uh, peppers into your chili or into uh, a stew. So absolutely, you could add vegetables to almost anything that is meat dish. And I just, it's non-negotiable. Everybody has to have a salad. That is kind of a habit that my kids developed since they were little. And they're picky. They're very, very picky. My son for many years didn't eat anything but a cucumber. But luckily, he out of vegetables, I mean. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he, he was always, you know, strong carnivore. Uh, and my daughter is the opposite. She was a very adventurous eater. And by the time she hit uh, teenage years, she is tends to be go toward vegetarian. She eats very little meat, if if any. And but she likes a lot of rice and potatoes and pasta and stuff like that. So in my house, I am gluten free, and my Kids are gluten-free, not by choice. So whatever pasta she has, she has uh, chickpea pasta. And she's so used to it that she's been having it for years now. Nobody knows the difference. Um, 
you know, yeah, she eats rice. I taught her how to cook rice in a healthier way when you soak it and prepare it in a pressure cooker. So that removes a lot of anti-nutrients and it's easier on digestion. So, and, and, and again, salad once a day, at least is non-negotiable. That's just the rules in my house. You've got to eat vegetables. And I do tell them that if you don't eat your salad, you're not going to go to the bathroom and you're going to have big problems. And you're going to be very uncomfortable. <laughs> well, so, they don't want that. So. No, no. They they want to run around, you know, and not be uncomfortable. Uh, and if, if all fails, they always know I have a charcoal for emergencies. And if somebody having really bad bloating or any other, uh, you know, stomach issues, then charcoal is a wonder nutrient or supplement rather. I didn't know that. That's good to know. Well, I basically use it for anything. If at the first side of any kind of stomach distress, at the first side of any kind of food poisoning, uh, even if you have like a viral infection starting, it's just a, a wonderful thing because it absorbs all these toxins. What you don't want to do is take it normally when you're eating normal nutritious food because it doesn't differentiate bad from good. So you don't want to eat it too close to nutritious meal or any kind of supplements or medications that you might be taking. Well, this was super helpful. I am, I'm really... I'm energized now to go into my kitchen and clean out the junk out of the pantry and start implementing new habits in our house. Nobody's going to like me, but <laughs> that's okay. They're teenagers. They don't like me anyway. Exactly. So, <laughs> so I'm going to do everything I can to clean up this house. So for people who want to find and follow you online, what's the best place to find you? There are several places. My website is createhealthcoaching.com. Then you could also find me on Facebook. My page as well is Create Health Coaching. And then it's Create Health Coaching on Instagram. So it's all very simple. It is simple. I'm going to put all those links in the show notes and way people can find them. Thank you so much for being here today. This was super helpful to me personally, and I know it's going to help a lot of other parents too. So thank you. You're very welcome, Betsy. Thank you for having me. I know that my teens are tired of listening to me remind them over and over again about eating healthy. As Renata noted, inside our own home is really the only place we can control what our family eats. If we don't bring it into our home, it's not available. It's outside of our home that continues to be the challenge, which is why I appreciate all of Renata's helpful suggestions. As we raise our kids and prepare them for their next step after high school, one of our focuses should definitely be on health and wellness, both mentally and physically. I plan to try to implement some of Renata's suggestions. If you do the same, I'd love to hear how it goes. Thanks so much for tuning in today. I'm so grateful you took the time to listen. Please share this podcast with someone who will find it helpful. Be sure and check out the show notes at highschoolhamsterwheel.com slash 117, where I will include all links mentioned during this episode. If you or a young person you know needs some career guidance, I can help. You can learn more about me and the coaching I offer at BetsyJewelCoaching.com. That's it for today. I'll be back soon with another episode of the High School Hamster Wheel Podcast. I'm Anne-Marie Kelly. 
Wild Precious Life is a podcast about dreaming big, digging in and connecting across distance, division, and loss. In each episode, I talk with prize-winning writers, musicians, and wanderers who remind all of us how we can make the most of the time we have. So meet me here. Let's walk and talk and dream and discover what it means to be wild, precious, and brave. 